But there's like actually how many Sonic games are there? Too many. List of Sonic games. Is there a total number? There's not even a number. Wait. My God! Like I was how at many a pub Sonic games one. are there? And they they had a question was how many Pokemon games are there? And firstly, that's a stupid ass question. But uh, yeah, there's there's too many. That's too open. The answer was something like seventy or something. It was terrible. Seventy? It was a lot. I don't know how they expected anyone to get it. Well, Pokemon is dumb because if you ask how many Pokemon games are there, my first, the first question is: Are we talking like just the main series yes, or everything? Because basically, on that night, we used to go to this event like yearly. But the guy who was hosting it dropped out, and some new person was hosting it who clearly had no idea what the fuck he was doing. And so I asked, are you counting mainstream only or all of them? And he said mainstream only, but they counted all of them. Well, yeah, if you're mainstream only, then yeah, there's only like, what, eight, nine? More than that. I'm We're just counting how many generations. Are we on? Ge- I haven't played Pokemon since X and Y on the 3DS. No, the last one I played was Sun and Moon, and I think that was the point where I'm like, I'm done. I, yeah. I can't see where they go from here. Um, I'm more of a Yokai Watch fan myself. Um, what the frick was I gonna say? Yeah, but then the the other thing about that question is, even if you are saying everything, actually, it works for either. Are we counting each version as a separate game, or yeah. are we counting them? as same game. I would say yes. Okay, well then there's like then there's like I don't know twenty something Pokemon games. If we're just counting main series, main series, and the versions are separate, and then if it's everything and the versions are separate, then yeah, there's probably like seventy or whatever. How many Sonic the Hedgehog games are there in total? Bro, it, there should just be a number. What is it? Uh, let's see. How many Sonic games are there? 73 unique releases that directly involve the Blue Hedgehog's world at this time of writing. Add in mobile games and you have an even 100 titles. Let's just say, hey kids, so you want to play Sonic, but there's a freaking billion Sonic games and you don't know where to start. Leave it to us two Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog experts and connoisseurs to lead you to lead you down the right road Quinn. where you will experience Sonic the Hedgehog. Cool, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome. To super peel out, where uh, hedgehogs go fast, and the cannon doesn't matter. That's right. The cannon is just like the the track design in Sonic Free Riders, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> you know what game you shouldn't start with? Sonic Free Riders. There's one off the list. <laughs> Don't play that one. Because I think it's actually a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good talking point. Considering Sonic's been around for what, almost forty, fifty, sixty years now. Hey, buddy, I'm not that old. Okay, thirty-one. 
Sonic, Sonic's been Sonic's been around for for that long, and there's been a bunch of Sonic games. And I would imagine that there's probably a maybe not a lot of people, but at least a small handful of people that are like, I want to play Sonic, but I just I just don't know where to start. And the series doesn't really have. I think that's a good part about the series. It doesn't really have a bespoke start or real end point. It's more like you can kind of jump in anywhere. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. But if we just say, ah, start with any game, then this would be a pretty short episode now, wouldn't it? Yeah, and again, the canon, like, the story doesn't matter. It's not like no, it doesn't. where, like, you have to play everyone to understand what's going on. Yeah, it's not like something like Metal Gear, uh, more egregiously something like Kingdom Hearts, a classic uh, punching bag for having to play everything in a certain order. Uh, we could do it. Okay, unrelated, but we could... I don't know if you've played Kingdom Hearts, but, like, no. there's there's some weird sauce connecting both Kingdom Hearts and Sonic. Not, like, not like in terms of actual, like, content, but, like, spiritually. Well, I played the, through the whole Kingdom Hearts series, like, two years ago, and I got, like, a lot of weird Sonic-y vibes with it in terms of its tone. But... Okay. That's that. That's for then. This is for now. Um, who knows? Anyways, Sonic. What game should you start with? Because actually, I remember. I remember when Generations was, I believe, out. Either was coming out or was out. And I was in like I was like at the end of elementary school. Sorry if that makes you feel old. Yeah. Um, it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was at the end of elementary school when it came out, and I remember wanted to get my friends to play Sonic, and I wanted them to really appreciate Generations in particular, so I'm like, well, crap. I feel like Generations is one of those games where it's kind of made for Sonic fans, and you get more out of it if you know what it's referencing, but, um... So I was trying to tell them to play like uh, the handful of Sonic games that are in generations first. They didn't. They didn't do it. But I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um, naturally, actually, okay. I have an idea. We should like go through uh, a bunch of Sonic games. Not all of them, obviously, but like most of the major ones, at least. And we should probably like rate them on how good, how good of a starting point they would be. To the series. Well, my immediate thought is not to start with one or series. Really? Because yeah. I feel like I feel. Um, I mean, CD. I kind of agree with, but don't start with Sonic One. I mean, it's it's like it's more like CD than it is any of the other games. Really yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Well, my first was Sonic 3, and I think that was fine. I don't know what my first Sonic game actually was. It was either 1, 2, 3, or 3D Blast. It could be any of them. Those, I all, I all got them around the same time. I got them all at the exact same time, and I was so young at when I got them, I do not remember which out of them I played first. So... No and Knuckles, though. But, I mean, I feel like Sonic 1 
I mean, I like Sonic 1. I'm actually a big Sonic 1 fan. I probably play Sonic 1 more than any of the other Mega Drive Sonics, which is weird considering everyone doesn't like 1. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's a safe... I'd say it's a safe starting point. I mean, like, it makes... It's the most logical starting point if you're going to start playing Sonic to obviously start with the first Sonic game. But yeah, I don't know, it might not be actually that great of a first Sonic game, because it's it's kind of, like, dated in in terms of the... Maybe not the design. Well, when I say dated, I'm not meaning, like, by today's standards. I mean, like, even by Sonic 2, even with the spin dash, you can clearly tell that it's kind of more enhanced of a game experience than Sonic 1, even though I don't really like the second half of Sonic 2. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I could see... If I were to give it... We should give it ratings. If I were to give the goodness rating of how good I'd think Sonic 1 would be as a starting point, I'd give it like like a... With one meaning, like, horror, if you start with this, you're going to hate Sonic. And then five being, like, this is the best way to get into the series. I would probably say Sonic 1 would probably be smack dab in the middle of, like, a three. You yeah, know? It, like, I mean, it's not bad, but it sets up expectations, I suppose, that are not met. Yeah, that's true. I guess, like, the only way... I feel like you could get more out of Sonic 1 being your first Sonic is if you're the type of person that once you, if you play through a kind of ho-hum game but you know that there's sequels and you kind of think like, okay how do, how do they improve on this? If you're like that kind of person, because I play through a lot of the series and I kind of like that, even if like the first game in the series doesn't really grasp me, I could usually see like, oh well, I they could probably improve so and so and make this better. I can't wait to see how that pans out. If you're that kind of person, then like, yeah, go, sure, Sonic Sonic 1's a great first uh, first game. But if you're not really like that, then yeah, you might would want to start with something a little, or a little later. But even then, it's more like Sonic games, there's multiple different types of them, right? Because obviously, I don't think it would be that easy to judge between like having Sonic 1 be your first game versus like if we're like oh yeah start with Sonic Adventure right because 3D or like uh, Unleashed or whatever because like there's so many different types of Sonic gameplay maybe we should break this down into like different styles this is already getting too complicated yeah maybe not uh, let's just keep going uh well, I so, played uh, three on the Mega Drive, and um, yes, I was aware that Sonic Three and Knuckles was a thing, but Sonic and Knuckles was quite hard to find even at that time, which was like late nineties. So, um, yeah, I didn't play it until Gems Collection. I see. Yeah, I wasn't able to play Sonic and Knuckles either until it came out on the collection. I remember thinking, like, what the hell is this Sonic and Knuckles game? 
and then playing it on the collection for some being like, oh, it's just Sonic 3, but again, I didn't even know about the lock-on or anything, because I only had 1, 2, 3, and 3D Blast as a kid. I didn't even have Spinball. Um, but anyways, Don't I guess going forward... Uh, Sonic 2. How good of a how good of a starting point would Sonic 2 be? I would probably rate it personally as. Mm, can we do decimals? Can we do can we do half points? Because I I think like it's not. I don't think it's so much of an advancement over one for it to be a four, but I don't really think it's equal. Hmm. Well, I, I guess it's good enough. That I'd probably give it a four. I mean, Anyways. yeah, when we start, that was my first thought, was start with Sonic 2, and the spin dash, and yeah. the gameplay is much more like the later games going forwards. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm just kind of personally jaded against Sonic 2, because I, I like Sonic 2, but when I say I like Sonic 2, I mean I'm really liking the first half. Pretty much everything after, I, when I play Sonic 2, I play it. I get past Mystic Cave and then I turn the game off. I mean, yeah, Metropolis is just painful. But no, I don't like Oil Ocean code. either. <laughs> the The ending of Sonic Two is a bit rough, but I guess that's also kind of a part of the Sonic experience. So maybe it is actually a a better way to get into Sonic than Sonic One. I definitely think that most of, if not all, of the main sort of core aspects of the classic Sonic brand, like the things that Sega loves to reference, are all found in Sonic 2. Like the... Like, even though there's not Green Hill Zone, Emerald Hill Zone's basically just Green Hill Zone, so like, that's pretty much the same. Chemical Plan is there, you have the Sky Level, the Half Pipe for the special stages, there's Super Sonic. It is pretty much the quintessential classic Sonic game. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, it'd actually be a 4. It wouldn't be a 3.5. It would be a 4, for sure. I feel like you probably couldn't go wrong with getting into Sonic through Sonic 2. Though, I guess I, could, I couldn't give it the full 5, just because, you know, the second half of the game kind of, it's kind of buns, you know? I can't really think of a game off the top of my head that would be a perfect five. Uh, we'll find that. I mean, I'm biased, so I know one. Uh, I know one or two, or maybe actually no. Well, okay. Well, this is what we're gonna. We'll probably actually no. I there might be some. I'm think. I'm just thinking. Anyways, uh, Sonic 3. I would say Sonic 3 would be a perfect 5. Yeah, I mean, it was my first, and I don't and look think at you I now. missed anything <laughs> by starting with it. Like, it has well, because... the core 3, it has Metal Sonic. No, 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 it, no it doesn't. It, yeah. yeah. We also skipped entirely over Sonic CD. Uh, Sonic, we already did an episode of Sonic CD, so we know you like. we don't need to really explain... The deeper, finer details. Yeah, but and I, I would put. I would put. I would put Sonic CD as like yeah, like a two. Like Sonic CD is clearly a game made for, like, 
it's it's clearly a game that I think you'll get the most out of it if you're an existing Sonic fan. If you're not an existing Sonic fan, I think it would just be really confusing. And it would definitely put you off on the the wrong foot forward for the series. But anyways, back to Sonic 3. I think Sonic 3 would be a perfect 5 because it has the best sort of gameplay out of the Genesis Sonics, the Mega Drive ones. While at the same time having, I think, it's got the most interesting, like, level themes. Like, sure, they don't really reference them as much as, they're not as iconic as they are in Sonic 2. And the special stage is also not as iconic as it is in Sonic 2. But I think it's still, the improvements to the actual game mean that even if it's not as iconic, I think it's still better. And also there's a save system. I will say that the save system in Sonic 3 was, like, half the reason why uh, very small child me was even able to see more than, like, two acts of the game. Oh, yeah, like, you could finish it without, yeah. like, save states. Yeah, you can, you, if you, if you aren't that, uh, if you're not that adept at classic action platformer games then, yeah, you can actually finish Sonic 3 with relative ease rather than having to probably grind out a couple zones in Sonic 1 or 2 that might give you trouble. And in grinding those zones out, you would have to just play through the whole game all over again. Get back to the part where you, uh, you die at. Or just use a save state. Yeah, I mean, these days I feel like most people are going to be emulating it on their phone. <laughs> That's true. That's, well, actually, I guess the, the phone versions, and we're talking entirely the phone versions of these games, I would say the phone versions just, like, add add plus one to to the points if we're talking about playing, like, the, the Pac-Man remasters. Because those have the save points, those have the refined gameplay of basically three, like, the refined controls, they run better, you have widescreen. It's basically just that's a pretty good way to actually get into the series. And I guess that's probably also something we should take into account is Sonic 1 and 2 are accessible. I would probably say the uh, the phone version or just the HD version of Sonic 2 is probably the most, the easiest way to get into Sonic because Sonic 2 has been put everywhere. Sonic 3 hasn't really been re-released as frequently. It's in Origins now, which is cool. But still, that's one compilation title on a handful of platforms, rather than Sonic's 1 and 2 being released on pretty much anything with the CPU at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for, like, legitimate releases, then 3 is going to be the harder one to pick up. That's true, yeah. Especially because it's basically only at Origins now. Yeah, and even then, the version of 3 in Origins is... Debatably all borked up, but if you're a first-time player, it's nothing you'll ever notice, so. Then, uh, I'd, I'd say for Sonic and Knuckles, like, that's like a one, to be honest. Like, I don't really think anyone, is there, I mean, there probably is someone out there whose first Sonic game was Sonic and Knuckles, but I feel like Sonic and Knuckles is a very weird game for newcomers. Because it has, like, the gameplay of Sonic 3, but since it's the latter half of the game, all these levels are hard, like, 
all the levels are a lot more difficult in Sonic & Knuckles. And there's also just a lot of annoying levels. Like, I like Flying Battery, but I don't like playing Flying Battery. And I don't like Sandopolis. Lava Reef is cool. Mushroom Hill is cool. Death Egg is... Ugh. But, like, I don't think... I don't think Sonic & Knuckles is a very good beginner experience. Considering the fact that it's, like, the latter half of a game that is, like, should just be combined. Realistically, like, you shouldn't really even be playing Sonic & Knuckles standalone. Like, you should just be... Or really Sonic 3 standalone. You should just be locking those two on for a true Sonic 3 and Knuckles experience. Is Sonic 3 and Knuckles readily available? In Origins, yes. In anywhere else, it used to be on Steam, but they delisted it. And it used to be on Xbox Live, but they delisted it. Thanks, Sega. (laughs) And if you have... This is technically in the realm of unofficialness, but if you do have the Steam version of Sonic 3 and Knuckles, then you can install Sonic 3 Angel Island Revisited, which that would make it like a 6 out of 5. That game is fantastic. Because it's basically all the all the bells and whistles of Sonic Origins, Sonic 3, but like with the care and attention of like Sonic 3 Complete. But if you're a newcomer, you won't know how to do that. So maybe that's kind of moot point. And then I guess to lightning round the handful of remaining 90s titles, uh, I don't think we really need to describe why these are or aren't, mostly aren't, great entry points. But like, Sonic Spinball, I think we can agree on, not a good not a good way to get into the series. No, I do like Sonic Spinball, even though it's... I do too. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely not. Any of the weird spinoffs are not recommended to start with. I, yeah, I mean, Sonic Spinball... Yeah, no, you have to... You have to... You have to be built different to truly appreciate Sonic Spinball, I feel. Uh, Sonic 3D Blast, probably also not a great starting point. I mean, I'd probably put it, like, if I were to give Sonic Spinball, like, a 1 out of 5, Sonic 3D Blast, I'd at least give it 2, because, like, it's inoffensive, you know? I wouldn't Sonic recommend 3D Blast. Sonic 3D Blast to anyone. <laughs> eh, I, I like it. I like Sonic 3D Blast. It's not that bad. I wouldn't really recommend it as a starting point, but as a game for existing fans, yeah, why not? It's fun. It gets overly hated, I feel. Well, I guess now um, that there's the uh, the complete version or director's cut or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't think the director's cut really makes the game so much better. But yeah, no, it is. It is probably the best way to play that game. Uh, let me think. What else? Doctor Robotic Meme Machine. That's like a E out of five. Like that's not even a Sonic game. That's just Puyo Puyo. Can't we can't really rate that. If you if you're if your entrance to the Sonic universe is Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, then like next game you should play after that is like Boyo Boyo Tetris. <laughs> um, not really, not really Sonic. Uh, what else was there? Knuckles Chaotix would probably be like that's like a two or a one. You can't even play Knuckles Chaotix. <laughs> yeah, but like. 
I don't know. If there's someone out there who started with Knuckles Chaotix, they're probably not that big of a Sonic fan. But, you know, I still... They're probably... They probably had... They probably have the coolest experience with the brand. I would... I would love to have had my first exposure to the Sonic universe be through Knuckles Chaotix, because that game's a vibe. But... I, yeah, no, you can't, you can't really even play it. You can't really even play the other three spinoffs unless you have, well, actually, you can on the Sega Genesis Classics. That's actually a pretty modern re-release. That's all, it's on modern platforms, it's on Steam. I guess it's not on modern, modern platforms anymore, considering it's not, like, bespokely on PS5 or Xbox, but it's on the previous ones, and it's all back and pad. It's all, we're all in the same generation anyways, bleh. Well, since you are a Gen Z, a Zoomer, I would yes. be curious to know how much knowledge your peers have of things like emulation and what have you. Like, if they think, oh, well, I want to play Pokemon Ruby, how are they going to get it? Do they know how to just, like, get a ROM and then, I assume, load it onto their phone and play it that way? How do they, how do, they do it? Um... I'm not a very good representative of my generation for this kind of thing, I feel, considering the fact that I feel like all the people I talk to are, like, like-minded, crazy gamer people like me that are very much aware of emulation and all that nonsense. But I will say that I think, at least probably for Android users, I know there used to be a emulator on the iPhone that I had to play, like, Game Boy games Before back when I had Android, an iPhone. there's an emulator for the iPhone. There is? That's what you just said. Wait, did I actually? Great. <laughs> oh, dear. I meant that on... on, on uh, when I had an iPhone... There was an emulator for, like, Game Boy Advance stuff that I, that you, like, it was easy to sideload. I have no idea how you do it on phones nowadays unless you have, like, Android. Because, like, I'm pretty sure Apple's whole stance on things is they don't allow emulation on their, on their, on their app store. That might be different. I haven't used an iPhone in years. But I think I think if you want to play like an early game like something like Pokemon, I feel I feel like they would just Google it and then probably learn about emulation through there. But yeah, I definitely don't think they would be all like, "Oh, I want to play Knuckles Chaotix. Time to whip out Kega Fusion. Whip out that 32x core." They obviously wouldn't know how to do that. But I feel like I feel like the concept of emulation is something maybe not I would say for my generation, it would probably be something that they've heard of but might not know actually how to do. Yeah. All right. For the average user. So I guess yeah, we we could probably uh take that into account. Um yeah, because, like, things have changed so much in even just 10 years. I wouldn't even know where to start with, for someone who has never tried to play retro games before. 
Yeah, that's true. Especially if it's like mobile stuff, but I don't know. Such I don't really divide between people who grew up with PCs and consoles and everyone who grew up with phones because there were just so many assumptions that like <laughs> I used to I used to play Wordle and yeah there's a lot of discussion on the Wordle subreddit that is like what app do I use for Wordle I found uh, this app but it looks different from the other and I was like no there's no app at the website <laughs> <laughs> like there's this implicit assumption that everything is a dedicated mobile app yeah damn it's so strange yeah I don't know I feel like I'm a little too deep in my own gamer hole to really give a true answer on what it's like for the more casual user but I would probably say emulation is probably something that people have heard of but may or may not actually know the specifics or how to get games for so it's definitely why games should be re-released more frequently and why the just emulate it dude kind of mindset is like it's like it's like a band-aid to that like it, it works if you know what you're doing but most people just want game to go and work and do and not really futz around with finding it and running an emulator and getting that all set up yeah, because I mean, it is a bit of a hassle. I guess it depends on the fan base. Because, like, yeah. I've been really into uh, Pokemon Infinite Fusion lately, which is a fan game. It's not yeah. a ROM hack, which I guess is kind of foreign to a lot of people who would expect a Pokemon fan game to be a ROM hack. That's what people yeah. are like, hey, where do I get the ROM for this? Like, there's no ROM, dude. Is it made in RPG Maker? Yeah. That's true. Because, yeah, I guess there's... with the Pokemon fan base specifically, there's, it's, if you want to play something, because they ne Nintendo never re-releases things, you just got to have to emulate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of games. Sega's actually been doing a decent job keeping Sonic around, because I feel like most of the games that we're going to continue to talk about have been, for the most part, you can play it at the very least on systems... That were still being sold. Uh, ten? Well, no. Mm, were they still selling? Were they still selling seventh gen stuff in the early 2010s? They were right in, by by 2013. No, PS4 is so. almost ten years old. Oh God! Because seventh gen is the Wii, right? Seventh gen is Wii, PS3, Xbox 360. I don't think so. I mean, because the Wii U was out after I left high school. And Wii U, yeah, it came out I never had one. I only knew one person who had a Wii U. So, I mean, I guess... Oh, no, that said, I guess the original Wii is an outlier that I just kept going. Yeah. And I'm mostly saying, like, you can... There's a couple titles that are still stuck on previous platforms. But... I think... As long as you have an if you if the oldest like i think the oldest system that you would need if you wanted to only have new stuff to play sonic games on would probably be you would need an xbox 360 at the oldest i don't know if that counts uh as too old which it probably does but it would have been great if they just put these remaining games on backwards compatibility on the series x so we could just say get an xbox Boomba Sonic. 
But anyways, um, moving on to other Sonic games that could be a good entry point to the series. Um, nothing obviously on Saturn or PC because like there was pretty much all that's on there is Sonic R. Which, Sonic Jam, which well, Sonic Jam is just yeah. That we're not really going to count Sonic Jam. And Sonic Shuffle, um, or was that 3D Blast? The Shuffle's on Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, 3D Blast was the third Saturn game, but we already kind of said two out of five. I mean, apart from the adventures, nothing on Saturn or Dreamcast is going to be particularly accessible. Uh, well, yeah, but well, technically. Technically, if we're still saying 7th gen is the cutoff point, if 8th gen is the cutoff point, then you're screwed if you want to play Sonic R. But technically, if we're saying 7th gen is the cutoff point, you could play Sonic R through Gems Collection on a Wii. But that's that's pretty far-reaching back. The last time Gem or the last time Sonic R got released was in 2005. So that's yeah. You're That's almost old 20. now. Twenty years since Gems Collection. Sorry, ah! sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, no, Gems Collection hasn't been re-released since then. There is a PC port of Sonic R, but I don't think it runs well on modern operating systems. I remember when I had to get it working on mine. There was a lot of finagling. You could probably get it. I think there are people that have got it running on the Steam Deck. I believe every game we're talking about, you can play on the Steam Deck one way or another. But that's kind of just how that is. Okay, how about handhelds? Because, like, the Sonic Advance series is good. Yeah. Uh, technically, there's gotta be someone out there who's started out with, like, some random Game Gear game. I honestly don't think the Game Gear games are very bad starting points but like who the heck is going to be starting with a game gear game due to how kind of inaccessible they are because like if you wanted to get like unless you had a game gear way back in the day if you get a game if you want to play a game gear sonic game you either a already know enough about sonic to want to play the game gear games or b you have a game gear game in a compilation title with other Sonic games that would probably be better starting points. You could emulate Game Gear 5. Like, I did that for Sonic Chaos, I think. Yeah, you can emulate. Yeah, there's the... the Kega Fusion again, I believe, does Game Gear. And it, it works really well, actually. But I feel like if you know enough about Sonic to have Kega Fusion and want to emulate the Game Gear games, then, like, you could just... You probably are already into the Sonic series. Maybe, maybe that's just me assuming too much. But if you like, I would probably say the Game Gear Sonic games are probably like two out of five on the goodness for a starting. It's like the same thing as CD or like 3D Blast. Like you can, but I don't think, I don't think it would be the best way to get into the series. There's some poor sap out there whose first game was Sonic Genesis. <laughs> the port. That that man is is probably the world's biggest Sonic fan. They were probably a living legend. 
Either that or they played that and never touched the series again. They just turned into IRL Eggman and hate Sonic with a burning passion. Sonic Genesis is the horrific Game Boy Advance port of Sonic 1. Yes. Um, that game, that game, that game is funny bad. It's not even like, it's not, it, the less we talk about Sonic Genesis, the better. <laughs> you know, I, I thought about saying that earlier. Exact phrase. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Which then I guess yeah. Let's go. Let's let's move forward a little bit more to the the two thousands late night or I guess technically the late nineties, but really more the two thousands. I think Sonic Adventure. That would probably I would put Sonic Adventure at the same as Sonic Three. I'd give it a five out of five. I think it's a really good, in terms of it being like a entry point series. I would say it's a great way to get into the quote unquote modern Sonic. Well, I guess it might have to... Mm, I guess it's a 5 out of 5 if you just happen to have a Dreamcast lying around, but... What do you mean? Maybe, maybe it would be a 4 out of 5 if you don't, because they did... They did kind of mess it up with the modern ports, because it is on modern platforms, and by modern platforms, I mean it's on PC and Xbox and nothing else. And the version that they did for that is like a Frankenstein port of a port of a port, like, of a port. So there's a, there's a lot of bugs. It's definitely not the best way to play Sonic Adventure, but I feel like if... I feel like it still gets the job done. It's still Sonic Adventure, even if it is buggy. I think you could still have a good time with it. I think it would still be a good entry point to the series. And I think, like, having all the different characters and play styles and the story really can get you more invested. Uh, it's, like, a good way of, like, introducing each of the characters of the Sonic world in a unique way. And, I don't know, I think it's good. I, I think I think Sonic Adventure 1 would be a wonderful way to start playing the Sonic games. And also, Sonic Adventure 1, like, it's super cheap, too. You can get that for, like, it's like $5. It's like its normal selling price. I am going to respectfully disagree here. I think the really? modern discerning gamer is not going to really be into Sonic Adventure 1. Like, all of the different gameplay styles of varying quality is kind of off-putting, and you need to do all of them, and it's kind of cringe. <laughs> like, the the voice acting in Adventure is not great. No, it isn't. The dialogue isn't. is not great. The, uh, the environment's... Uh, eh. It definitely shows its age. I feel like Adventure 2 is more beginner-friendly than Adventure 1. That's... That's that's a fair point. Especially Adventure because... Adventure 2 hasn't aged well either, but it's aged better than Adventure 1, I think. That's... That's true. I guess there's nothing... I guess I thought there was more things connect, like linking Adventure 1 and Adventure 2 together, but really aren't. Because uh, I definitely remember when I was a kid, I rented out both Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, and I had way more fun with 2 than I did with 1. So, 
Yeah, maybe maybe I'd give Sonic Adventure one of four and then two the 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 good five. I can't give two anything else other than the five. Because Sonic Adventure 2 is like the greatest work of fiction created by man. I think when we get to Adventure 2 as a full episode, that'll be an interesting one because I've played it through enough times to be really aware of all of its flaws. But you still agree with me that it's the best video game ever made, it's, right? It's, it's, it's a fine game, but it's certainly not best ever material. I am going to respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sonic Adventure 2 is the greatest thing ever made. Um, Man, you need to branch out more. <laughs> no, I have. I've played so many video games. God, play Every like o- Deus Ex or Disco Elysium or Divinity Original Sin 2 or something. They wished they could be Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> Great. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 ran so those games could hobble. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I feel like Sonic Adventure 1 being kind of cringe, it's kind of part of its charm, right? And I feel like, I feel like in the same way that Sonic 2 is kind of like the marketable, iconic aspects of Sonic, I feel like Sonic Adventure really encapsulates the sort of... I'm not going to say meme side of Sonic, because it's not really a meme game, but, like, it's that kind of vibe. <laughs> it's not, okay, it's not that meme. But, like, Look it's out, definitely... Ah! Ah! Oh, yeah! This is happening! Yeah, yeah, it's definitely... Okay, so maybe it's a meme game, but, like, I feel like that's a part of... I feel like a lot of Sonic fans, a lot of the Sonic community kind of connect over the things that happen in Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, and heck, they even use a lot of Sonic Adventure 1 as a basis for the lore in Sonic Frontiers. So, like, I think Sonic Adventure 1's a pretty important game that, I guess if it's important, it's still not really, it still might not be a good starting point, but I'd still say it's a good, like, a solid enough starting point for, I guess, modern Sonic, for, like, the the sort of vibes of modern Sonic because it's definitely it's definitely a different style than classic Sonic. I don't know. I guess you could really say each Sonic game has its own Sonic. Ugh. But yeah, I think Adventure 2 would probably be a better starting point, but like they I they could probably be a little on the interchangeable side. I think 2 is the better game. And 2 is also more accessible than one in that it's on the same platforms but the port doesn't suck this time so Sonic Adventure 2 you could get on Steam or on Xbox and you could get it and you could have pretty much the same experience as playing it on the GameCube which if you want to be a little nitpicker man yeah there's still like problems in the GameCube port but it's nowhere near as bad as it was for Sonic Adventure DX, and I honestly don't think the average gamer man will notice and or care about the small flaws and like cutscene lighting that are in uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Also, the mods 
for Adventure 2 are pretty good. Well, the mods for Adventure 1 are fantastic. You can pretty much mod Adventure 1 on PC to run exactly as it did on the Dreamcast and, like, totally, like, reconvert the game to actually be the version it should have been when they released it, but it's okay. But I think modding is kind of in the same realm as, like, emulation in that I feel like if you want to get into Sonic, we're talking accessibility here, your average gamer man isn't going to want to futz around with the Sonic Adventure 1 mod loader for three hours before they can just play the darn Sonic game that they want to buy. Man, I don't remember what the last game was where in order to actually get it going for the first time, I decided it had to be, it was decided it had to be modded. Like, most people are not going to bother with that for their first uh... Well, you can, you can play Sonic Adventure 1 unmodded and it'll run, it'll go, but in order to fix all the bugs and problems and make it the best version of the game it could be, you have to mod it. There's a lot of Sonic Adventure 1 fans out there that insist that the game needs to be modded to be, like, the best. But oh, yeah, like, there's a lot of controversy about the changes of the DX version, particularly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which then, I guess, brings us to... Sonic Heroes. No. No? No. No? What do you mean, no? I mean, coming off of the high of the adventures, Heroes is, again, a fine game, but it's just too different. That's yeah, just... but if you're starting in the series, you won't even know that. <laughs> Sonic Heroes is... I, okay, the only thing that would prevent me from putting Sonic Heroes... As a four or a five on the uh, good good starting game is the fact that the, there's not really a way to play it anymore. It's not on Steam. It's not on backwards compatibility on Xbox. It's not on. It's not on Switch. It never was. And is it actually on PlayStation now? The best. The best, the closest you can get to getting Sonic Heroes on PlayStation would be if, for some reason, PlayStation Now is streaming the PS3 emulation of the PS2 version, and you really don't want that. Just trust me on that. I feel like someone who wants to get started in Sonic wants to run around as Sonic. Well, you can do that in Heroes. With other characters. Yeah, but you can do that in Heroes. I think Heroes' gameplay is super... Um, it's like, it's it's very... The frick, well, how do I put this? It kind of... What's, what, I'm thinking of, I'm forgetting the word here. Frick. It's built around Sonic's main gameplay, right? Of going fast. Like, yeah, you can switch between Tails and Knuckles... But the level design is still designed in a very linear, go-fast, eat-ass kind of way. And I feel like it's, I guess, complementary. That's the word I was thinking of. It's like, all the other characters are complementary to Sonic's playstyle. And yeah, it is a little weird that you have to, like, switch between the characters with, like, button presses. I don't think it's that bad. And I think that, like, vibe-wise, Sonic Heroes is a 
fantastic like culmination of the level to level set piece based adventure that the classic games go on while still having the character like interactions and personality of a modern Sonic game. I think it's actually a really darn good way to get into Sonic as long as you can kind of tolerate the uh a little bit of the like slippery controls or uh the whatnot. I think it's because it... quite interesting that opinion has turned on heroes so much because when it came out, ooh, people uh, were not impressed. Well, I choked on them. I wasn't I wasn't there when it came out. Like... I was three years old oh. you're welcome <laughs> like i originally wasn't gonna get it because um forum response was just like nah it's uh it's not great but then i saw the cutscene that that like the, the cutscene clips i was like wait there's one in this game <laughs> yeah and yeah I mean, again it's a fine game i just don't think it's really what beginners are looking for you know I guess. It is a bit, like... There is a bit of, like, control issue. And the aspect of having to play through the game four times to get the true ending is a bit... questionable. But I think that, like, as a Sonic game, if you want a good experience of playing a Sonic game... Sonic Heroes is very good at that. And if it was more accessible, I would absolutely suggest it as a great entrance level game. But, I don't know, maybe I have a lot to owe. I owe Sonic Heroes a lot for kind of getting me into video games the way I am. So, maybe that's just me being biased. But, I think Sonic Heroes is a good way to get into the series. Uh, I guess before we do the mid-2000s, which are probably going to be a lot of don't play this, uh, yeah, the Advance series. Uh, I think Advance 1 is probably actually a decent way to get into the series. Yeah, Just due to the fact... Good. I think, I feel like out of the three, Advance 2 would probably be the best casual, like, the best game to play casually. Because as long as you're not going through... As long as you're not going for 100%, you're not trying to get the Chaos Emeralds or, like, unlock Amy. Adventure 2... Or, not Adventure, Frick. Advanced 2 is totally fine. Yeah, because the level design is built around going fast. The music's good. It's a very, very good vibe of a game. It does kind of the same thing I would say about Heroes in terms of it being a good fusion of modern and classic Sonic design sensibilities. Me making it a very good way to get, I think, into the into the series, you know. Uh the only thing about it is if you're trying to, you know unlock everything, then yeah, you have to find the stupid collectibles and a very linear level. And that's that's not fun. But you know, let's just assume that you're not into that. The advanced games are awesome. The problem is, is that if you want to play them, you're going to need to bust out of Game Boy Advance. 
Because they haven't been re Actually, wait, were they re-released on Wii U Virtual Console? That's the only place they could have been. No idea. Wii U Virtual Console. Uh, North America. Game Boy Advance. Uh, we got... They were not released on Virtual Console on Wii U. Because that's the only that's the only place where Game Boy Advance games have been re-released. Um oh, well they okay, they were the only re-release of the Sonic Advance games is on the Wii U Virtual Console in Japan. They weren't re-released in America, but in Japan they were. So, as long as you have a Japanese Wii U, you're in the clear. But, let's not assume that. And anyways, it doesn't matter because the Wii U store is shutting down in two months, so. I can't believe it's still up. It's, yeah, it's getting, they're shutting down Wii U and 3DS in March. Yeah, I don't think you can add funds. The only way you can add funds to your account is if you link it to your Switch and add through the Switch. But, yeah, you can't, you're not going to be able to buy those games anytime soon. So let's just assume that you can't do that. Besides that, Sonic Advance, the Sonic Advance games have not been re-released ever. So, they really should make a Sonic Advance collection. Sega has a pretty good partnership with M2. M2 are the devs that make a lot of the Game Boy Advance emulation stuff. They did the, like, the Mega Man um, Legacy Collection GBA stuff. I believe they did the Castlevania Advance Collection. They did the they did the emulator for the Wii U Virtual Console. They're very capable, and they have worked with Sega before on stuff like Sega Ages. So I'm surprised that they never made, or they're not considering making a Sonic Advance Collection that has, like, the five... Sonic GBA games and not Sonic Genesis. And just like have like Sonic Advance 1 through 3 and then Battle and then Pinball Party. But I think because of the, the inaccessibility of the games, the advanced games are probably like probably still I'd put them on the same tier as Sonic Heroes. A uh, three. It would be would be higher, but because they're kind of a pain in the ass to get nowadays you're better off playing a different Sonic game if you want to get into the series. This is probably going to be a running thing. It's like, well, you can't play this anymore. Not... You'd be surprised. You would be surprised. Also, that's just getting into old games in general. That's... Video games need to get their get their act together, I think, because it is kind of ridiculous how many games you could say that about. But that, that's its own thing, unrelated to Sonic. Um, moving on. Shadow the Hedgehog. Can we no. both agree, one out of five, don't play this, don't get started with this. If you get started with Shadow the Hedgehog, you're gonna think Sonic is this edgy, weird game. Hey, you can it's... play Shadow, just don't stop with it. Yeah, you can, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Shadow's not that bad of a game, it's but... It's horrible. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it would be make love. a good... I don't think it would make a good first impression for the series. You know? I have a lot of it, fun memories with Shadow. 
Um, and also Shadow is I I'm not even gonna bother checking if it's on Xbox 360 back compat, but that game never got re-released either. So you're just gonna have to bust out Dolphin or PCSX2. I don't know if it runs on XEMU, but I don't even think it, it didn't have a PC port either, so you can't even run the PC version. So yeah, that's that's I'd, I'd give it a one out of five in that it's not really a good first impression for the Sonic series, and you can't get it. So, um, moving on, I believe. What about the DS games? What about Sonic Rush? Rush is good. Rush Adventure. Not so much, but I think Rush Like Advance is a fine game. It's quite straightforward. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say I'd say I'd honestly put both Rush games on the same tier as the Advance games in terms of them being good starting points because you know, they have the same vibes as Sonic Advance. You could say that Rush. One might be a little too frustrating to be a good entry point to the series, but I don't know. I'd say it works. I don't think it would be a horrible starting point, but I don't think it would be a great starting point either. Like it's just, it's just there, you know. What's frustrating about? It? I don't really remember. Uh, the level design in Rush is very, very bottomless pit heavy. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of bottomless pits. They, they, there's not as many in in Rush Adventure as there are in Vanilla Rush, but like Vanilla Rush, there's like the the level in the middle of the game altitude limit. It's pretty much just instant death platforms and instant death lasers and kill planes everywhere, and that definitely wouldn't help if you're if you're trying to you know clear the game and have a happy impression of Sonic and not a impression of Sonic that wants you to rip your DS in half. Um, so then moving on to 7th gen stuff. Sonic 06! No. I mean, I'm gonna say no as well, but for a probably different reason. Because I feel like I feel like 06 and Adventure 1 are kind of similar... Okay, when I say Adventure One, let me let me reiterate like the the modern release of it, like the re, the port of the port of the port of the port that has all the broken stuff. I would say that it's not nearly as bad as 06 in terms of like the quantity of glitches, but it is still pretty buggy. And I don't think bugs make or break a game entirely. So like, if if 06 had like better vibes, if if 06 was more, I guess, aesthetically linked to the series and wasn't like this weird trying to be Final Fantasy E like product of its time, like trying to be a weird different direction in the series that didn't really go anywhere. I don't think it's a good first game because of that. More so than I don't think it's a good first game due to the fact that it barely works as a game half the time. Because it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Because I think... I think it would be worth it to... 
forgive some like bugginess or some flaws in the overall game design if it's more if it, if it has the the feel of Sonic, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, let's say yeah, for that reason, I'd give it like probably a a two, maybe a one, really. Because again, it's it, not it accessible one, either. It will be one of the worst ones to start with, so I would say a one, even though I haven't even been through. Yeah. Um. What about what about Unleashed? What's next up? Uh, again, I feel like the gameplay is too varied for it to leave a good impression. Really? Yeah. I mean, the day stage is solid, but then the night stage is like three times as long, and they just kind of drag. That's true. I don't think... I'm uh, not adventure. World adventure. I don't think Sonic Unleashed would be the best starting point, but I don't think it would be a horrible starting point either. Mostly, yeah, due to the fact that the Werehog really isn't that linked to Sonic itself. Like, I honestly think the Werehog's fine. Yeah, the levels are too long. But, like, other than that, it's fine. It's a competent, like, God of War-style beat-em-up. It's inoffensive. Whereas the day stages are solid. But I feel like if you play Sonic Unleashed as your first exposure to the series, you're probably going to think, like, oh, is there going to be more, like, combat stuff? And there's not going... They, they never do the Werehog ever again. They don't... If you're starting with a niche, what are you doing? <laughs> How? I can think of many ways how you could start with Unleashed. Um, you can be... Because Unleashed is one of the few games that we can say is, without a doubt, on modern platforms. You could be a kid. You could have an Xbox, Series X, or, like, literally the newest Xbox or a Series S. You could want a Sonic game. Tell your parents to get you a Sonic game, and your parents could just happen to get you Unleashed as your first Sonic game. So, it's possible. And I think there's a lot of people my age that grew up with Unleashed as their first Sonic game. Not me, but, like, I've heard people uh, have... I've heard instances of people who have had their first exposure to Sonic be through Unleashed. Though, if you're, I guess... Um, not a child. I don't know, you could still probably... There's there's reason enough to believe that someone could start with Unleashed if they have an Xbox and want to play a Sonic game and don't really, really care which one. Or maybe it's like on sale or something. I don't know. Spitballing ideas. But it's possible. You could... I think Sonic Unleashed might also be on PlayStation Now Plus... But that's a streamed version of the PS3 version, so it's like, who the hell's buying that? Who the hell uses PlayStation Now anyways? I mean, I only wanted to get it for uh, Tokyo Jungle, but I'm like the only person. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I feel like at that point it would just be beneficial to just get a, a PS3 instead. I mean, I had one, but... Uh, a long time ago, the laser 
died, whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, I probably I'll put Sonic Unleashed as like a three in terms of how good of a entry point it is to the series because it definitely has the Sonic vibes. I think it's a good Sonic game, but it's also a little different. Maybe it's because that different. I don't know. Actually, you know, I'll probably I'm gonna bump it up to a four because maybe if you start with Sonic Unleashed and you see the different gameplay styles and you you'll kind of know that Sonic is willing to do different things and you might that might make it more easy to transition from unleashed to other games in the series because at that point you're like oh well sonic had this weird werehog section you know that was weird but that just it just tells you that sonic can do other things and sonic is a series that bounces around with various ideas to varying degrees of success uh, what about the, the, the two Wii spin-offs, the storybook games? I mean, I feel like, especially for a kid, Secret Rings is alright. Mm, I was a kid, I played Secret Rings <laughs> when I was a kid. It was not that alright. Oh man, I loved it. This is so interesting, that like, we just have polar opposite opinions on Secret Rings. Um, so Secret Rings was the third Wii game. That was the first Wii game I ever personally, like, bought because i got the wii like a christmas and it had mario galaxy and mario and sonic and then the very first game i chose to get for my wii was sonic and the secret rings because i wanted to play sonic and i was confused i think that the control style of it kind of being an on-rails runner is a little weird. I guess if you're a first-time player, you'll just kind of accept it. But I personally think that the the weird thing about Secret Rings that makes it not that good of a starting point, or just game in general, is the fact that it's so kind of convoluted in terms of its menus and, like, progression. And, like, in order to actually be playing the game well, you're going to need to figure out the best sort of you're going to need to figure out the best like set of upgrades that you have to give and you have to make a loadout of that with your levels that you collect and then also if you want to just clear the game you need to figure out which of the missions are actually mandatory and which ones aren't and the game doesn't tell you so there's just it's very convoluted in terms of how you get get going in that game. But I feel like if it was just like a set of levels and it just kind of linearly put you from thing to thing and just gave you Sonic's whole full move set instead of having to make it a weird item upgrade management system, then I feel like it would be a pretty solid game for newcomers if they can understand, if they can get over the control issues. But I feel like because of that, it just kind of makes it not the most fun to play. I like Black Knight better, but I don't think either of them are very. Actually, I'd say Black Knight. I didn't really, I didn't, didn't own Black Knight. I never really played it, but it seemed like it was pretty repetitive. Uh, you just like occasionally hit things with a sword. Yeah, Black Knight's gameplay is a little 
weird. It's not the best. But I, again, I think it, I think it, it really depends on how willing you are personally to put up with it. Because Black Knight has some of the best characterization and story of any Sonic game. So, I'd probably put, in terms of how good of it is as an entry point to the series, I'd probably put Secret Rings as like a 2 and Black Knight as like a 3. Like, yeah, you could you could work with Black Knight as your first Sonic game, but... Yeah, maybe not. And then uh, this will take us to the the Sonic Renaissance slash second Sonic Dark Era, depending on how you want to view it. With uh, colors. I like to colors. Like, again, this is something that I see, think we disagree with, but I like colors. It's great. Like, well, I mean, I I don't dislike colors. Um, I think it's a fine starter, honestly. Yeah, I feel honestly, I, I'd probably put Sonic Colors, if you want to get into the Sonic series, it would probably be, yeah... Probably be a three or a four on our scale here. I think any of the boost games are fine. Yeah, for the most part. I'll probably put colors as like. Yeah, I'll probably put it as a four, to be honest. Because, you know, I might not like colors, but it does do a good job kind of re establishing like that whole decade of Sonic. So, I think it's like a good starting point so you can jump onto that. But at the same time, there's like all these new interesting worlds. There's the whole gameplay um, of it being Boost Sonic, even though that game's mostly in 2D. And I think that it's probably a good game to start with. I feel like you could probably figure out that the best Sonic... I think, like, the best Sonic games to start with. Um, you could probably see the trend of our most recommended ones being kind of the ones at the beginning of each era. Because, like, we recommend Sonic 2 or Sonic 1, but really Sonic 2. And then, like, we'd recommend, like, Adventure or I would. You wouldn't. Um, because that's kind of the beginning of that whole section of Sonic, and then Colors is like the next beginning. So I think that's a good jumping on point as well. Even if like it's different, but like again, if you're a newcomer, it's not. I think it sets the tone for other Sonic games of that time period very well. So if that makes literally any sense, I don't know. Uh, and also, Colors is accessible! It's on everything! It's on Switch, it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation, it's on Steam, or is it on Steam? It's on Epic Games. Um, yeah, then the recolored or whatever the hell, remaster, ultimate version of it. It's not a good remaster. It's very buggy. But again, it's passable to a new... It it definitely fits that bare minimum modern Sega standard of like it it it's passable. It it works. It would it is exactly 
um, functional as a video game. So I would say I'd say Colors is a good way to get in. So this is the next game of Generations. Generations is fine, but it's a nostalgia game for the fans. So if you're starting with it, you're gonna miss all of the Easter eggs and like references and things. Yeah, I pretty much have the exact same thoughts. Generations is accessible. It's on Steam and Xbox. But, yeah, it is... And it plays well. It plays really well. It's probably the best boost formula Sonic game. I feel like you could probably still get a lot of fun out of it if it is your first Sonic game, just because of how fun it is and just how good the game is itself. But I will say that, yeah, you are kind of missing the the greater impact of Sonic Generations if you don't know what it's kind of referencing. And I don't think it's really done in a way where it, like, super remixes the uh, uh, the old to be new again, or, like, tries to coherently link things together, like a certain other uh, nostalgia title that we'll be getting to very soon. But I think that... Because, like, Generations is just... It's just a handful of levels that seem entirely unrelated unless you know. And, yeah, I feel like you kind of need to know to get the most enjoyment. But still, despite that, I'd probably still give it, like, a 4. Just because it's so fun to play. It's just a good Sonic game. It's a very, very fun Sonic game. It's just, yeah, you would be definitely missing out on the true appeal of that game if you don't really know um which then brings us to lost world right didn't play it don't know um honestly i feel like lost world could be a solid uh entry point to the series i feel like um, aesthetically, it's very, it's very Sonic-y. Maybe too Sonic-y. Maybe not. It's more like Mario than Sonic. That's, I guess, the problem about Lost World is that it's, it's definitely more Mario-inspired than Sonic. Like, it has a Sonic characters. Like, the, the enemies are all Sonic, like, Badniks, like, classic Badniks. And it has kind of, like, the green, I guess every level does just kind of feel like it's a recolored green hill. In a lot of ways. But gameplay-wise, I think it does its own weird thing. I would say, like... I wouldn't say Lost World's a bad way to get into the series. But you could do better. I'd give it a 3. I feel like... And it's it's still accessible. It's on Steam. They put a PC port on it for some... Well, probably because the Wii U did not sell. And having a Sonic Wii U exclusive game meant lots of development for a platform that no one had. I'm surprised they never put the Lost World port on other systems as well. It's just kind of weird that it's only on Steam, but, you know, I'll still accept it. And, yeah, I feel like Lost World, it's it's accessible, but if you want to get a... if you want to get into Sonic, and you have a Steam account, Sonic 1, or Origins, or Adventure would be better entry points or colors old. Oh, wait that's on epic games it's not on steam god why are why is buying video games so complex these days you just what happened to the days of going to target or insert insert local uh 
what the hell are they called? Supermarkets? They're not supermarkets. Supermarkets are for food. Uh, department, insert generic department store local chain here. Uh, you just go there and buy a video game. You can't do that anymore. That's all complex. Um, but anyways, I'd give it like a three. It's not horrible, but you could do better. Uh, if you want to start with that game. Which then skip a lot of years. Skip a lot of years. Unless you really want to... Sonic Boom. One out of five. Don't start with this. Don't play it. It's Sonic Boom. Watch the show instead. But still, just don't. Do you agree with that? I didn't play it, but yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, cool. We're not counting the big games, I guess. No, yeah, obviously not. Yeah. Um. Or like any other, like the Sega Superstars or whatever. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to go through the timeline in my head. I don't even have any, like, uh, any lists of anything. Uh, I believe that takes us from Lost World to Mania, right? I think Mania is pretty good. Like, like I would say Mania would be a five, yeah. to be honest. Like Generations, it's... it's based on nostalgia and, like, bad stuff. But I feel like it's more accessible than Generations. Yeah, because I think it's how they integrate it. Because, like I said, Generations, the the levels are in a white void, completely unconnected to each other. And the only way that you're going to even assume that there's a connection between Green Hill, Chemical Plant, and Sky Sanctuary at the beginning is... Or even the other two sets of three levels... The only way you're going to even know that there's a correlation between those three levels is if you're an existing Sonic fan that knows what game they're referencing. It doesn't feel connected at all, and that's kind of like... It's just meant for fan service. Whereas, I think Mania... Yeah, most of the levels in Mania are from previous Sonic games. They're so connected with each other in such a way that it still just feels like one coherent Sonic world. And it doesn't really matter that the levels in Sonic Mania are taken from other Sonic games because the level designs are just that strong. And even if there are, like, sections of levels that are just taken outright from the Mega Drive games, it's still done in a way that I feel like you could go back to the Mega Drive games and still feel, like, the sense of familiarity. I feel like it could go the other way, right? Because the whole point of Mania is... It's for the people that played the classics to play Mania and be like, oh yeah, I remember this. I feel like it could even go backwards with Mania. If you played Mania first and then you play the classic games, you could be like, oh yeah, it's like it's like from Mania. I see where this came from. Uh, whereas I feel like Generations doesn't have that. Because Generations, it's like, oh cool, this is Speed Highway. But, like, you, you wouldn't really, you couldn't really play, like, the Generations version of Speed Highway and then the Adventure version of Speed Highway and really get any sense of super familiarity. Because the whole point of Generations, I felt, was to see Sonic levels that you knew and loved being remixed in such a cool, unique way. And I think that take on it doesn't really work the other way around in the same way Mania does. That's why I think Mania is the best. That probably is the de facto. If you wanted me to recommend one singular champion for 
uh, Sonic game you should start out with, I would probably say it would be Mania. Just because Mania, it it does everything. I guess it doesn't really have um, that much of the modern Sonic personality to it, considering it's more of a classic nostalgia game. But that's a small, small price for a otherwise like perfect entry point into the series. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the opposite of that with forces. Uh, <laughs> I'd say forces as an entry to the series, I would give it like a two. I know we just talked about forces, so I'll keep it kind. Of, I'll, I mean, I'll keep it obviously brief. But like forces, I feel like if you start with it, you're just going to be really underwhelmed about the whole series as a whole. Um. Because I do think Forces does does a good job in conveying a sense of speed. You do feel like you're going fast in Forces, which is cool. But that's pretty much all you're doing. So I think, like, unless you're into, unless you're into that kind of thing, you're probably going to play Forces and just be all, like, underwhelmed. And that's why I don't think it would be a very good entry point. Plus, it's just kind of, like, cheesy. And I mean, every Sonic game is cheesy, so that's not really a bad thing. But... I do think it has the sort of... I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think it would be a good uh, first Sonic game. Especially on a system that has Mania on it. Because Mania is super accessible. Forces is super accessible. These are all modern games now. Thank God. You can buy these games on any platform. Have a good time. But I feel like if you have the choice between Mania or Forces, like go for Mania if you want to get into Sonic. Hands down. I guess they're... I think Sega did make, like, double packs for certain systems. I think I've seen one on the Switch that had both Mania and Forces on one cartridge. Or, like, Mania and, like, Team Sonic Racing. Or, like, Super Monkey Ball and Mania or whatever. I did these, like, combo packs. So I guess, like, if you really want to get into Sonic, the combo pack of Mania and Forces is, like, a very, very chaotic double feature that would get you pretty pretty well versed in Sonic. But uh that doesn't that's more of like a compilation type of deal. Which then brings us to our last game, which is Frontiers. And how how good of a entry point to the series it is. And I would probably give it Okay, so here's the thing. It is the beginning of a new era of Sonic. We are in a the beginning of a new era. We are in the, the the 2020s of Sonic. And I think Frontiers does a lot in terms of it being like a fresh new experience to make it a good entry point. But the one thing that I think Frontiers kind of drops the ball on is just in the sort of character interactions i guess which i think is going to be like a, a bit of a hot take something everyone says how good the writing is and the writing is good but i think that the particular frontiers the the the, the way characters are written in frontiers is very like reminiscent it pretty much every cutscene in frontiers is the characters just kind of remembering like things that happened in the past and you have to know the existing sonic stuff to really understand any of that so it's like it's just kind of weird. 
I'd say I wouldn't I would I well I wouldn't say it, it would make it as good of a entry point as something like Mania or hell even even colors really. But I still think it's like a decent like I feel like another good answer to what songs you start out with would just be the, the latest one. Just because again the canon doesn't really matter. But I feel like Sonic Frontiers is the beginning of making the canon try to matter, which requires kind of a basic understanding of the existing Sonic games, which you wouldn't have if you're a newcomer. So, but that being said, Sonic Frontiers is still a good game, and it would definitely be something I would recommend. But, so I'd give, I'd give it a four. And yeah, that should be it. Yeah, I mean, neither of us looked at a list or anything, but I think we covered all the... Uh... Yeah, we covered all the main ones. I mean, unless you really want to be all like... I think the best Sonic game to start with is Sonic Pocket Adventure for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. That's the best one to start with because Sonic... um, It's, it's Sonic 2, but like an 8-bit, but like... On the Neo Geo Pocket Color, and like oh, we skipped like... Sonic Four, but forget Sonic Four. But what do you mean Sonic Four? <laughs> there, there's no Sonic. There's Sonic One, Two, Three, and then Mania, <laughs> like the advanced games, and like Rush. Yeah, don't play Sonic Four. <laughs> what are you talking about? The hell is a Sonic? They would never make a Sonic Four. That's preposterous. And we also skipped uh, the racing spin-offs, but again, I would they're, they're good, but I wouldn't recommend this. There's spin-offs. Yeah. I think, like, I don't know, you could probably start with any of them, but actually, eh, maybe, maybe a good, eh, I really wouldn't really recommend any of the racing spin-offs as a good first Sonic game. Mostly... I'm mostly talking about writers here. The All-Stars racing games, I really consider them their own thing, not really Sonic games. I consider them the same realm as, like, Sega Superstars and, like, Sega Superstars Tennis. They're, like, a weird Sega crossover. It's its own separate series, I feel, than just Sonic. Even if Sonic and Sega All-Stars racing has Sonic in the name, like, I still don't... I don't, I don't, I don't see it as that. And I guess Team Sonic Racing... I guess Team Sonic Racing would be, like, a decent entry point to the series, I guess, but, like, eh. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say Final Answers, the TLDRDL, Too Long Didn't Listen, of this would be, if you want to get into 2D Sonic, start with the, start, just buy Sonic Origins, just buy Sonic Origins, Boomba, that's your, that's your game. Uh, if you want to get started with 2000 Sonic, best starting point would probably be Sonic Venture or Sonic Venture 2. Really, could go either way on either of them. If you want to get started on more modern Sonic colors, and if you just want whatever, um, just get Sonic Frontiers. And if you really don't care, if you like, but maybe not if you really don't care, but like, 
overall mania is the best entry point in my opinion yeah i would agree with that mania is good yep um so yeah what game should you start with sonic mania and then branch off from there i think it's good i think it's good to not have a definite playing order right because I think it's fun to have everyone have their own sort of journey in the series. And where you start really doesn't matter. But like I think I think it's it's cool that Sonic is a series that you could really start anywhere and go anywhere from anywhere. You can play Sonic Adventure and then you could play Sonic Colors, then you could play Sonic triple trouble and that's just a valid path as any journey through the sonic ip you know i think that's cool and i don't want to be all like i don't want to try to gatekeep or it's not really gatekeeping but like i don't want to try to enforce like a oh you need to play the the correct sonic playing orders you play sonic one and then you play sonic um sonic two and then you play sonic three and then you play Generations because that is where Sonic Classic Sonic goes into Generations as Classic Sonic. And then you play Forces and then Mania. And then you play Sonic Adventure. Like, you don't, there's, you don't, there's no order. Ken doesn't matter. Hedgehogs go fast. Sonic. Everyone loves Sonic. He's our friend. 